0: Hello, witches and listeners. Thank you for joining the podcast for Witchery in the Moon. Witchery in the Moon provides a safe haven for all people under the moon. Everyone is welcome. There is no room in our sacred circle for ageism, sexism, racism, fascism, xenophobia, homophobia, or transphobia. I'd like to welcome you to please join our sacred circle as we discuss tarot, witchery, the moon, magic, myth and Folklore, with your host, Devi, and a series of special guests. Thank you for listening, and stay sacred. So before we get into the podcast today, I'd just like to mention a few of my upcoming workshops. On May 16th, I'm teaching my Maiden Beginner Level Witchery Group Workshop, the first workshop in a series of three levels to help you build your confidence in your spiritual practice of the craft. Finally, on May 30th, I'm teaching my Moon Magic Workshop, which I created to help you tune into, understand, and work with the phases of the moon. When you join my Patreon Coven, starting at as little as five euros per month, you will receive a discount off all workshops and bookings with me. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now for some magical witchy goodness. My guests today on the Witchery and the Moon podcast are two funny and snappy drag queens from Berlin. Neither of them know that much about witchery and tarot, so I thought it might be fun to create a witchy game show and question them about what they thought certain tools and practices are. We had a lot of laughs together, and we invite you to laugh along with us. Hello, witches and listeners. Thank you for joining me today on the Witchery and the Moon podcast. Today we're going to lighten things up a bit with a bit of humor. I have joining me two sassy and witty queens of one-liners, Santana Sex Machine and Morgan Wood. And we're going to have a little fun guessing game of what's what in witchery and tarot. Imagination is the key and these two have them in spades. Santana and I know each other now for some years, having worked together in MAC Cosmetics, so I'm already very prepared for the shenanigans that are about to ensue. She is a well-known drag queen from Sweden, now on the Berlin circuit with a home at Tipsy Bear where she co-hosts a drag show called Afternoon Delight. Is there anything else you would like to add to this, Santana, and welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. No, I think that was very well said about me. (laughs) It's so nice to hear a professional talk about me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, nice. I have one other question for you quickly before I introduce the next guest. What do you know about witchery and tarot?
1: Oh, I know more about bitchery than I know about witchery, to be (laughs) honest. I think I'm on the wrong podcast. No, uh, I actually, (laughs) I'm I'm not really familiar with tarot and witchery, but I have have an open mind and open heart to it. I'm excited.
0: Perfect. I love that. That's all I need to hear. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me. So my next guest I became acquainted with on Instagram through a mutual friend of ours, Tommy Vowles. Her name is Morgan Wood. I was quickly charmed by her personality. And every time I see a post of hers, my sides are splitting from laughter. But she also has a serious side for fighting for human rights. Usually she, sometimes he, quoted directly off of her Instagram account, is a drag queen from the UK living in Berlin, is a drag show host, has a YouTube channel, a Patreon community creator, writes monthly horoscopes, which she just released a couple of days ago for Taurus. Do you want to add a little something about yourself? And welcome to the show, Morgan. Thanks for joining me.
2: Thanks for having me, Davina. Wow, what a comprehensive intro. (laughs) I couldn't have put it better myself. (laughs) Okay. I'm also part of the House of Jupiter, a Berlin drag house. And some people have been known to call me the pretty one from the House of Jupiter. I'll just add that. But otherwise, that was very, very well said. Thank you.
1: Great.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for adding that. I think I did actually read something about House of Jupiter, and then I forgot to include that. So thanks for adding that also. So I will ask you the same question as Santana. Mm-hmm. What do you know about witchery and tarot?
2: Yeah, also not so much. I've had mm, two tarot readings in my lifetime, I guess. I'm interested in it, but I wouldn't say that I really know anything. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm curious to see if actually I do know more than I think. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Okay.
0: Okay. So there are no trick questions here. This is just (laughs) really meant to be fun. Today's podcast is going to be an educational program. I mean, isn't it always though? It's always very educational, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Santana and Morgan questions about what I do and the ritual tools I use in my practice or what witches in general use in their practice. There are no wrong answers here. It's just meant to be fun. So do your best to guess the right answer. If you get it right, that's great. Then my work is done and I have nothing more to say. (laughs) But (laughs) if you don't get it right, then that's no problem. And I will explain what it is. There is just one thing that I would add and that we are going to have a few guessing game rules. So. (laughs) The first (laughs) rules, right? Nobody likes rules. I
1: like breaking them. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Breaking rules. Okay, well, you can break the rules if you like. The first rule, if one of you knows the correct answer to my question, please maybe refrain from answering and let Mm. the other person to try answering the question first. If you both know the correct answer, then the joke's on me. (laughs) The second rule is there is only one rule. But if there was to be another, then it would just be that anything goes. So have fun dreaming up the definition of the object or the tool or practice that I question you about. Yeah. Any questions?
1: No, I don't think so. Okay. That's good.
0: So let's get started then. So my first question is What is a bowline?
2: Can you spell it for us? Can you e- use it in a sentence? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you- B O L I N E,
1: bowling. Hmm, isn't that the Dolly Parton song? Bowling, bowling. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not supposed to guess if we knew the answer already. I'm sorry.
0: Right. You want me to use it in a sentence?
1: Please. Yeah.
0: Would that help? Okay. Oh, but I feel like if I use it in a sentence, then it's going to give away the answer somehow.
1: Ah, I was going to say, so, did okay. you know the answer?
0: Do I know the answer? Of course I do.
1: (laughs) So, but can you um, give us a clue? So it's an object.
0: Ah, okay. So yeah. So a bowling is an object that I use in my ritual practice.
2: Is it like a, like a witch's ashtray? Is it something you use to burn things in?
0: Good guess. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you given up? Should I just tell you what it is?
2: I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sticking to
1: the Dolly Parton answer, final (laughs) answer.
0: So, Dolly Parton, it's either a Dolly Parton song or it's something to burn things in.
1: Yeah. I'm on big, big money, story. yeah.
0: Big money, big money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Okay.
0: So, a bowline is actually a ritual knife that is used for cutting cords and herbs, carving candles, these types of things. Oh. It has a straight or crescent shaped blade. Typically it has a white handle and it is connected to the element of fire. Mm -hmm.
2: I'm pretty sure now that you say I've heard you use the word in like in an Instagram live ritual one time.
0: Yes, I actually just made a reel about a bowling that I got from a woman in Canada, Night Chant Designs, she custom makes them. Cool. Okay, the next question is, what does it mean to draw down the moon? (laughs)
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> good question.
1: I feel like, do you want to go first, Morgan? I feel like your guesses are kind I mean, of
2: better. <laughs> I mean, it depends what you mean by better. I, I mean, I guess it's something to do with in a moon ritual using the power of the moon for something specific. I don't know exactly what this means, but I've seen people talking about like charging your crystals in the moon. I feel like that's something you would do to charge crystals, right? Drawing down the moon into your crystals.
1: That's a pretty good guess.
2: I was going to say exactly the same thing. No,
1: (laughs) No, drawing down the moon. I think, yeah, it has to do something with that when you're using the power of the moon. Or it has to do something with full moon that the moon has more power than? This is also very good.
0: When we draw down the moon, the idea is, as Morgan said, is to draw down the essence of the moon In a coven, usually the idea is the essence of the moon is drawn into the coven member. Or if you are a solitary practitioner, then the energy is drawn into yourself. I have an online coven, which is Mm. a bit tricky in COVID times, but normally I would be Doing this by myself, so solitary practitioner. And the idea is that through our body, the goddess may speak to us. She might give us answers or messages, or she may just give her energy to the entire circle. This is a typical description of what drawing down the moon means. For me, what drawing down the moon means is connecting to the power, the energy of the moon. It can be a new moon, a dark moon, a full moon. It's just connected to the moon in general. So, any kind of moon magic, you want to take some time to meditate and build up your energy to do your moon ritual which is called an esbat so I think both of you really did quite a good job on that I would give you both a point
2: <laughs> yay <laughs> I must say I really like moon stuff for, for lack of the, be- the best terminology it's one of my favorite things about witchery and the, because the moon is such like a I mean it's so obvious you can see it often yeah and it's such a nice thing to be able to connect with I don't know that sounds so dumb like oh yeah there's some moons up in the sky but I don't know I find it comforting sometimes yeah Yeah. but it's still there
0: yeah I agree with you and what I love about the moon too is it shows us also a passage of time and change and that we can change with the faces Mm. of the moon and how that affects us if you also think about, the human body is made up of 60 percent water. So if you think about the fact that the moon controls the ebb and flow of the tide, mm-hmm. it has to have some kind of effect on us if our body is made up of 60 percent of water. It makes total sense that we look up in awe when we see the full moon or mm-hmm. a crescent moon, and how beautiful that looks to us. So that makes total sense. I don't think that sounds dumb at all.: <laughs>
2: Thanks.:
0: The next question I have is. What does it mean to move wither shins? Wither what? <laughs> wither shins.
1: Wither that?
2: Hmm. Can you spell it? W I D E R S H I N S?
0: W I D D E okay. R S H I N S.
2: Thank you. That doesn't help at all, but I just wanted to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, before you spelled it, I was going to say that's the girl from uh, Legally Blonde, right? Wither <laughs> god insert so dumb answers here
2: <laughs> oh i don't know what was the phrase he, again to do what with them
0: to move Wittershins. so Wittershins okay. is a direction it's a
2: movement oh i'm it's an old english word and the ending the h-i-n is like in german like hin like in that direction so it's some, it, yeah that makes sense i don't know i'm just being linguistic nerd here
0: <laughs> That's okay. We like that. I like, like, I like nerds. Nerds are good. Okay. So widershins is a term meaning to go counterclockwise oh. or to go anti-clockwise. Left-hand-wise is another thing it's referred to as. The idea is to walk around an object always keeping it on your left side um, it's literally means to take a course or go in a direction that is opposite the apparent motion of the sun viewed from the northern hemisphere so we have to keep that in mind too right, right? because the southern hemisphere is a bit different Witter shins is an action that we do when we want to remove something we want to banish something or when we are for example casting a protective circle around ourselves when we are doing ritual when we open that circle we walk Wittersons, we walk mm. counterclockwise
1: okay Good. i was gonna say that something that has to do with chin like something like caress the chin or something but <laughs> i'm not a linguistic nerd so <laughs> i don't know Put, like a little pimp slap with my chin or something you know pimp slap the opposite of bitch slap Okay, now I'm teaching you that. No, <laughs> I'm starting my own podcast. <laughs> no.
0: Okay, please explain to me, what is, what is a pimp slap?
1: Okay, so bitch slap, which is also not very, like, totally correct to say, but the term bitch slap is usually when you use the palm to slap someone across yes. their face. But mm-hmm. a pimp slap is when you use the opposite direction, oh. usually when you have knuckles or rings, so it hurts a little more.
0: Ah, a Widdershin slap
1: yeah exactly (laughs) we're going off topic I'm sorry
2: (laughs) Davida do um, do witches in the southern hemisphere talk about Widdershins as then clockwise
0: that is a very good question and I'm going to guess yes hmm Wittershins for us in the Northern Hemisphere is to go counterclockwise. Yeah. Deosil is the word for going clockwise. Okay. So yeah, I think that's a totally valid point. And I think that it must be that those two switch for the Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. I mean, I know a bit more about astrology than witchcraft specifically. And yeah. I find it really interesting how the kind of astrology that we see in our everyday lives is the uh, Northern Hemisphere invention. But of course, people in the Southern Hemisphere use it. And I think it's interesting to see how it's adapted because we talk about Aries season as the beginning of spring, which of course yes. in the Southern Hemisphere is the beginning of autumn. So it's like, yes. I don't know, maybe off topic. I don't know. Some years ago, I traveled several months in South America and it was at the end of Northern Hemisphere winter going into spring in the Northern Hemisphere. But I was in Argentina where it was like autumn and I was seeing all these Instagram posts of people like, oh, I'm so happy it's spring. Like here's a daffodil. And I'm like, it's not spring everywhere. You know, it just may. Yeah. I don't know. It's really easy to think have That's that true. Kind of northern hemisphere
0: uh bias right yeah it's really true i have a friend who lives in melbourne and i've recently become acquainted with a woman in south africa and we actually did a giveaway together her name's lulu finch i was giving away two different tower readings so one was for the northern hemisphere and one was for the southern hemisphere and even the way i laid them out was one was going clockwise and the other one was going counterclockwise, okay. the way I read the cards. And the questions that I asked had to do with either Bastara or Maban. Mm. So it is interesting. We do kind of get trapped in our own little world. It's like, oh, yeah, there are other people that are doing everything. And it's not even maybe fair to even say backwards to us because it's not
2: backwards. No,
0: It's their way. Yeah. It would be like saying oh, in the UK, everybody drives on the wrong side of the street. Well, <laughs> it's not really <laughs> the wrong side. It's just different from us, yeah, right? right? We could get into othering here. It's kind of the same sort of mm. thing, how we do this othering thing with people that are other than us. Totally, yeah. I think we can move on to the next question, right? Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, I love okay.
0: So this is a fun one. I've heard that working with the tarot is evil. Do you support that theory?
1: working with tarot
2: is evil yeah bold statement <laughs> is this I a quote know. from a client who was unsatisfied with one of your readings to be yeah. yeah is this a yelp <laughs> review
0: <laughs> i've heard it in the past oh wow yeah what do you think
2: like, oh i think it's
0: not really a trick question it's more just a matter of opinion remember there's yeah. no wrong answer here just
1: what it's... <laughs> but you're gonna piss
2: davina off if you agree <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm gonna cast a spell on you. No, I, don't. I don't do I don't do that stuff. That's not how I work.
2: It never would have occurred to me that even people think that but I guess they do. I don't know. I guess as a through like looking the world as a queer person, it doesn't seem like these things that are maybe outside of mainstream culture for a lot of people. They seem pretty like normal and approachable to me. I don't know. No, so right? it would never occur to me to think that something like this is being evil. or
1: Right. Yeah, I have to agree also with Morgan, because the funny thing with tarot is also that it doesn't create evil, it doesn't create a path for you. It actually just tells you kind of like a guidance to how your life is, that you can listen to if you want to or not. So then to say like, oh, tarot cards are evil, then maybe just you view your life as an evil person. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like looking yeah. in the mirror be like, why are you ugly? It's like, what? Mm. It's just telling you what it is.
0: Yeah. I gave you a tower reading and I remember- Yeah, it was you-
1: awful, no, don't <laughs> <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> it was great. And she didn't pay for that. Exactly. <laughs> no, it was great. And as I said to you before, I appreciated that you did it to me. And I was kind of skeptical in the beginning of it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's a little hocus pocus, whatever. But it is kind of terrifying how accurate it can be. <laughs> if you allow yourself to listen to what the tarot cards are saying- That it actually is kind of creepy how accurate it can be. Yeah.
2: Maybe that's why people find, like you said, Santana, like people seeing their reflection, they don't like what they see. Exactly. That's maybe what would lead people to think that it's evil, right? Yeah.
0: That's a really pretty good comparison because I think when people really aren't ready to hear the truth, they're not willing to accept the truth. People have to be open to it. They have to be open to evolving and expanding themselves. And so the tarot is not a tool that is evil. It is not a tool of the devil, as I've heard also. It's a tool for communicating to your deepest self and being able to connect to yourself and the people and everything that's around you. I would say there are no evil cards, but there are hard cards. So the hard cards to me are really urgent messages that we have to face with total honesty. So these are like really big, necessary, possibly very sudden transformations that are at play here. And it can be super painful and it can be confusing, but we have to remember that this is a message we have to take in and this pain and this confusion won't last long. And in the end, you're gonna be really grateful for this change. We always have a choice with the hard card, so we have to think, what are we gonna do? Do we stay on this same cushy, comfortable path, repeating the same mistakes or the same patterns because this is how we know how to handle the outcome of this? Or do we learn how to let go of something so that we can make space for something new and something better to come into our lives? Preach. (laughs) Preach.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just to fill in that, I think it's funny when people say that tarot cards could be evil. I think they're mistaking it for Ouija boards because that's actually calling the devil uh, or evil in general. I mean, if you go to a tarot card reading, you are on your first step into actually like getting some answers. So it's not like you get a surprise tarot card reading. Oh, here's your future. So like (laughs) you set yourself in that position as well.
0: Yeah. One other thing I would just say really quickly here is talking about reverse cards. I actually don't do reverse card readings just because I don't even call it a reverse card. I call it the shadow side. So we have the upright position and then the shadow side. And the shadow side is just another perspective to consider about your question. It's like an alternative meaning. Could be a warning sign, but not necessarily, but just something that you should pay attention to, maybe give some extra thought to. And the shadow side or the reverse side, they can be very direct and very honest. They can show that you have maybe there's like an energy block or there's an imbalance or some kind of underlying issue or unknown opportunity. And what I like about the shadow side or the reverse card is they represent internalized energy. So that means energy that is held within ourselves or that is maybe more private or more secretive. Whereas the upright card, It represents externalized energy. So this means energy that is expressed outward into the world. It's what we experience in our external environment and also our relationships with different people in our lives, family, friends, colleagues, strangers even, and then also the situations. So I think people panic in tarot reading sometimes, and I always have to talk them off the ledge. Come down. It's cool nothing bad they get the tower and the tower is reversed and they're like oh my god the tower and it's reversed oh i'm gonna die they <laughs> just, think, you know like they think the worst hold on hold on here no as an example i use the wild unknown tarot and with the wild unknown the image of the tower is a tree that has been hit by lightning the top part has broken off and it's on fire it's sudden you've been hurt, there's pain, there's damage, this tip is going to fall off. But what you have to remember is you have this solid foundation with the tree, you have this root system that is equally as long dug into the ground, giving you that foundation and that strength to keep going. So sure, the top of you is on fire, but this part is going to break off, the fire is going to go out, and you still have this foundation to continue on. There's always a positive side to these hard cards or reversed meaning. It's just like you both said, being open to receiving the message.
2: I was just thinking when you were talking about the meanings of reversed cards, there's kind of a similar concept in astrology, right? Each sign has the compelling traits, and then it has these shadow traits, which are less, maybe less desirable, but still can be beneficial. That's what I was thinking when you said that.
0: Yeah, I don't know about astrology, so I'm always really intrigued to listen to what you have to say in your YouTube videos or your reels or your Instagram television videos, because I I just really don't know anything.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I also don't know that much. I'm still learning and I making uh, horoscopes is part of my learning process. And maybe maybe it's not the best way to learn, but (laughs) I find it fun and people like it. So why not?
0: Yeah, I mean, why not? And I think we all have these shadow aspects to ourselves, to our lives. We all have these things that we can work on and learn from. Some people get kind of stuck in it. I think they don't see that they need to do some work, which that's no shade on them. Just when you can work with your shadow side, and accept it and just be like hey I -hmm. see you yeah you know you need some work but I'm gonna treat you with some love and respect and that's okay we're in this together right it's just a lot of people don't accept both sides of themselves and I think that's when it gets tricky
2: yeah and I think I don't know if you relate to this Santana but I think a part of doing drag actually allows me to like access both of those parts of myself at the same time or in different uh, yeah different ratios yeah. Um, and I've, most people don't have a way of accessing that that's so obvious yeah
1: But i think also like um, especially doing drag that people don't really realize is like if you're doing drag you're ultra fierce and you're so good at everything that's like we actually get to experience our negative traits as well because we bring everything up to like a higher level yeah and i think it has to do with tarot card reading too just acknowledging your full being because you have bad and good traits. We're not 100% perfect if you you're going yourself. to, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no shade, <laughs> but, yeah, but that's, uh, the thing about tarot cards is that it's something that gives you like a tool and presents, this is how you can view your life and give you guidance. This is also one thing I don't understand with tarot card reading sometimes, and that's maybe like when people say like it's evil, because sometimes you can go like fortune teller, they're like, you're going to have a big accident in three years. Thanks. I don't want to know that. (laughs) but
0: Yeah, but honestly, I think this kind of tarot reading, and again, I don't want to cast any shade on anyone, but I feel like the tarot cards aren't meant to predict the future. So somebody who says something like this to you, I think is a charlatan, Mm -hmm. and they're just going to take your money, and they're going to tell every single client that they have in that day the exact same thing. The tarot cards don't work that way. This is my opinion, of course, somebody might dispute me, but I think that somebody who says you're going to meet the love of your life, you're going to get the perfect job, but oh, be careful next week because you could be in an accident. This is all bullshit.
1: It's true. <laughs> you hear that Morgan? <laughs> 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 what not to do in horoscopes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I I'm, not, I'm not calling anybody a charlatan, <laughs> you know, specifically, I'm just saying, because I actually have had my tarot cards read years and years ago, I was still living in Canada. And I went to this woman and like I just left feeling <laughs> like this woman had played me, hadn't read to me as an individual person with individual perspectives and individual experiences. She gave me a blanket reading and mm. I found this very frustrating. And as I grew into my role as a tarot reader, I realized that each client has their own experiences and their own emotions and not predict the future or give the person any false promises of what to expect to happen. The cards aren't meant to give promises of futures. They are messages, as you said, actually, Santana, to help you with what's going on today in the moment, because you need help now. You don't need help in the future, you need help today.
2: (laughs) Yes,
1: she does. Exactly, (laughs) I was gonna say, like, talk about shade. (laughs)
0: She needs, she needs help now. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're beyond help. No, I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> Love what an you. Uplifting
1: podcast this is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and down the drain. Um. Okay. Did we want the I next question? changed my question? mind. Tarot
1: cards are evil. <laughs> yeah, or all is of it that. tarot?
0: Or is it tarot readers are evil? Ooh. <laughs> anyway, so. Tell me, what is a besom? A besom is an object. It's something that, which is used in practice. It's a little bit like the bowling questions.
2: Mm It's a besom with an M. -M,
0: B-E-S-O-M. As in Martin.
2: Does that something to do with kissing? Do you kiss something? It's like Spanish, besos. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. No, it, I has think so. with, okay. it has nothing to do with kissing.
1: Oh, let's make it into a thing of kissing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go basil later?
1: Basal, oh yeah. my God. We went to base on base, if you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I can give you a tiny hint. Let me think. Mm-hmm. Often you will see cartoony pictures of witches with one.
2: Oh, it's a broom. Oh. Yes. But a small one that you use on an altar? It can be. Oh, okay so oh that's it's an old english word then because it's like the german word bisen
0: yeah Mm. that's true i hadn't actually thought of that
2: didn't spend those three years in university studying linguistics for nothing hey
0: (laughs) oh well done (laughs) another point for morgan
2: and also humble (laughs) brag i mean having a degree that i don't use for anything useful yeah sure well (laughs)
0: So just to give a little bit more information to you all and to the listeners, a besom is a broom, as you said. The term is mostly reserved for a traditional broom constructed of a bundle of twigs, which is tied to a pole. The -hmm. twigs could be broom, heather, or something similar. The broom or the besom became connected to witchcraft at a time when it was believed, and this is good, it was a time that was believed that witches hid their wands in the bristles of their brooms and Mm. used them to fly to their nocturnal gatherings and Mm sabbats. It was believed that an ointment was used on the handle of the broom that either made it levitate or made the witches hallucinate and gave them the sense of flying when mounted on it. Today, the besom is not used for flying. I put flying in quotations because mm. flying, I mean, they were obviously stoned or high or something.
1: <laughs> I was going to say um, like LSD tripping. <laughs> Jesus. <yeah. laughs>
0: Hallucinating, having this sense of flying. But the besom is still very important in ritual magic and witchcraft because we use it to cleanse our space or use it for energy sweeping. So we could walk Deosil in our circle to sweep the positive energy but if we wanted to get rid of something then we would walk with with the broom sweeping the negative energy out of
2: the circle
1: Hmm. yeah wow
2: cool i don't know how reliable this information is but i i learned from a podcast that i trust maybe i shouldn't that um (laughs) (laughs) the original people that made beer were witches women in the i don't know which century Some hundreds of years ago. And they had all these things like cats to keep away the rats from getting to the grain that was used to make the beer. And then they would have brooms also for some beer-related purpose. And they had the black hat thing was like a sign of like, this is a place where you can get beer. And then those things all became synonymous with witchery when the patriarchy stepped in and was like, fuck you, we're going to take this beer thing and make tons of money out of it instead. I don't know if you ever heard about that, Davina?
0: I haven't. And I'm... Totally fascinated by everything that you just said. And I am going to do some research. And maybe what I can do is whatever sort of information I find about that, I'll leave a link in the show notes. So if anybody else is curious, they can do some research themselves. That sounds really cool and interesting. I love uh-huh. this kind of folklore, how things sort of evolve and change right. and sometimes change for the worse, of course, the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I'm very curious about that. Cool info. Thanks for that. Sure. Do we want the next question? Sure. Okay. So this is a bit tricky. Use your imaginations. What, or maybe you already know, actually, Morgan, you might know what this is. What does void of course mean?
2: (gasps) Yeah, I do know. Void of
1: course.
0: This one's for you.
1: Cool. Uh, Oh my God, pressure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's a void of course. I mean, I'm going to go for the most obvious answer that I believe is correct does that have something to do with taking the wrong direction in your journey or it's something more intricate
0: that's pretty good it's something to do with that but it's a bit more complex than that yeah but okay. um Morgan do you want to have a crack at it
2: okay I said I know what this is now I'm like mm, how do I put it into words uh <laughs> I mean it's something tricky. to do with the moon right I mean yes. maybe it applies to other things too but as far as I yes. know, it's when the moon changes sign and then doesn't form any aspect to any planet for 24 hours.
0: Something like this. I also don't know the technical kind of at like what you just included. So this yeah. is good information for the listeners yeah, to don't, add don't that don't
2: extra info. <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> I do trust you. So What this is, is this is the time, as you said, Morgan, this is the time in between the moon making its last aspect Mm -hmm. with a planet in a particular zodiac sign until it leaves this sign and enters another one. Mm -hmm. So there's like this gap, this void of course. So it's off course. What we usually say is nothing good will happen during this time, but nothing bad will happen. So during a void moon, generally, it's not a great idea to make any big decisions or sign contracts or do anything that we place value on, because it could be that these things never come to pass. They never come to fruition. So Mm -hmm. all of this hard work that we put into our projects is for nothing. And we have to start again. The positive side of void, of course, moon is any conflicts that come up won't have any grave effects. So again, nothing good will happen, but nothing bad will happen either. Mm. There are a couple of tips for void of course times. Don't make any impulse actions. Don't make any impulse decisions. Don't make any impulse purchases. And then just keep in mind that your memory might also be a little bit hazy during this time.
2: Sounds like a a normal weekend for you, Santana, right? Exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, this is a void of course for me. (laughs)
0: I have a really nice moon planner that I use that has noted the void of course in it. And I didn't used to pay attention to this for some years, but because I have this moon planner that actually has it written in it, I pay a little bit more attention to it. If you've already planned something, then it's fine. It's not going to be affected by the void of course. But if you are in the void of course in that time and you think, okay, I'm going to do this That is usually when they say, "Mm, maybe that's not the best time to make any kind of decision.
1: Okay, right.
0: Yeah. So the next question is, what does calling the quarters mean?
2: Calling the quarters. Calling or calling? Calling. C-A-L-L-I-N-G, okay. Yes. Spelling bee winner. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Use that degree,
1: honey. (laughs) Calling the... Wait, can you say that again?
0: What does calling the quarters mean? So when I am getting ready for ritual, I am going to call to the quarters. What does that mean?
1: Okay. I mean, when I'm calling the quarters, it's usually like when I have a court hearing.
0: When you have a what?
1: I, I would have a court hearing. Ah. <laughs> I
2: <don't actually> know, <laughs> but no, calling the quarters, hmm. Is it something to do with the moon again? No. Something I with like a coven? Hmm,
0: mm, kind of. So Santana, I think you said court and I just need to make sure that you understand that the word is actually quarters, like Q-U-A-R-T, yeah, calling the quarters,
2: yes, the
0: quarters, calling the quarters. Uh
1: The quarters, God, are you from New Jersey?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's okay. We call it the quarters. (laughs) Does that change your answer now?
1: Oh, it it changes everything, yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Honestly, no. it's clear right? <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna stick to the coven answer. Like calling, um, it's something to
2: do with like the sisterhood. Kind of calling my spiritual sisters.
1: Good
0: try. Points it- for you. effort.
2: Does it have something to do with elements?
0: Yes. Four ding, elements. Ding, ding. Oh, yeah. so
2: calling the in the power of the four different elements.
0: Yes. Oh. Exactly. For some people, calling the quarters refers to summoning of spirit entities who rule over the elemental energies residing in the direction they are called from. When I call to the guardians of the East, I am calling to the spirits of air. Or if I call to the guardians of the South, then I am trying to evoke or invite the spirits of fire. Nobody likes to be controlled, so there's no control here. It's an invitation. We invite the guardians of the directions, the spirits, to join the circle. And some people believe that the cooperation of these entities must be obtained for successful spell work. Sometimes people, they say that you can either by force or by coercion, but I think that that's wrong because nothing should be forced. It should be more like gentle persuasion. So you offer gifts. So what I do is I light a candle to each respective corner or quarter, and I invite the elements to my circle, to my working ritual space. And then the same would be when I open the circle, I say goodbye, and then I extinguish the candle. So you light the candle to invite them clockwise, diosil. You say goodbye to the corners and the spirits by putting the candle out and walking with
2: Great. I love a host who knows when to bid their guests goodbye.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How nice. You don't want them overstaying. Welcome. They're welcome. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what I usually do is I say something like, stay if you will, go if you must. Blessed be. <laughs> they really have an option to do whatever they want
1: <laughs> grab some appetizers, <laughs> get some drinks yes. in the back, yeah. <laughs> buy our vinyl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Good. tip at the door. Ex- exactly yeah. <laughs> tip your performers <laughs> god
0: exactly okay so there's just a few more questions here what is an athame now this is similar to the basome question and the bowling.
1: it's an object
0: it's an object Hmm.
1: do you know morgan or do you want no. to take a to take a guess <laughs> no i don't know <laughs>
0: I mean, remember, you don't have to guess in a witchy way what this is. I mean, what is the first thing? Like when you hear this word, athame, what do you think of?
1: Hmm, a bag full of tricks. (laughs) Okay. No, I don't. Athame is something about it. Just it could be something with powder. Is it something to do with that?
0: That's a pretty good guess.
1: powder. By the way, don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. (laughs) We know witches love a big bag of powder.
0: (laughs) Well, only if it's cascarilla.
2: This is a bonus question we have. Cascarilla. (laughs) Cascarilla. Have we performed with her?
0: Cascarilla is a powdered form of eggshells that's used for protection. So you can mix this with salt. You can put it on your windows or on your doors or things like this. You can Mm. make protective circles from it. But that's the only powder that witches do. And
1: that's
2: That's not athame. athame.
0: (laughs) No, and it's not athame. But that was a pretty good guess. Morgan? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. An athame is a ritual knife, often with a black handle. We like our knives.
2: Again, a knife, um, yeah. But this
0: <laughs> one, <laughs> this one is used to cast or open a circle and direct energy. So we don't use this one for cutting. Also connected to fire energy, this one represents masculine energy and masculine only in that it is sometimes representative of the god. Mm-hmm. Whereas the cauldron or the chalice is representative of the goddess, female energy.
2: And the, the other knife was the boline, boline yeah. right?
0: Yes. The athame in rituals sometimes when there is a union of the goddess and the god that needs to be symbolically represented on the altar. The athame is usually put into the cauldron. Okay, The god is going into the goddess to procreate. So something like this, for example, Bialtana, the 1st of May, this is coming up. This is one of the Sabbaths on the Wheel of the Year. A symbolic gesture of the copulating of the goddess and the god would be the athame going into the cauldron. So here's the next question. Explain to me what a cone of power
1: is. Cone of power?
0: Yeah. What do you think a cone of power is?
1: <laughs> like a traffic cone that yeah. has the power to stop traffic. <laughs> kind of like Could that. Be. Yeah. You can do a lot of things with a cone.
0: What else can you do with a cone, oh, Santana? Tell us.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> you have to come to the show and find out. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> exactly. Uh, ooh, that sounds like something
2: on your the wheel of torture. You get use use the cone there. of power.
1: Yeah. <laughs> May the cone of power compel you. See, this is the thing What I like with witchery is that you can have every kind of object in the world, but it's like this symbolizes strength and this has masculine energy. Everything is so, so powerful. Mm -hmm. So to me saying like, oh, it's a traffic code, it can just be like, no, but it is a triangle stone from Hades, I don't know. (laughs) But every time (laughs) you explain it, I'm like, wow, I wanna be a witch too. (laughs) I'm just gonna say pass.
0: You pass, okay. Morgan, any ideas?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have this image of a funnel now, like the cone upside down, I guess, using to funnel some kind of power into something.
0: That sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. So the cone of power, as far as I understand, actually sort of originated in Wicca and Gerald Gardner is the father of Wicca. I don't actually practice Wicca because I think that there are some very questionable practices within Wicca and it can be very misogynistic and sexist and ageist and homophobic, among other things. But I thought that it would be interesting to talk about the Cone of Power because this is this idea. It's a method of raising energy in ritual magic. The cone is actually, you could even think of a witch's hat. So the funnel idea is good, Uh but flip it around. Right. When a coven casts its circle or a solitary practitioner is casting their circle, they take time to visualize, meditate, do breath work, to come down and channel in energy. Or get their power so that it's coming from above and it's spreading out to encompass the entire circumference of the circle. So yeah, that is what a cone of power is, and that's the method. It's just a method of raising energy and ritual magic.
2: Hmm. Okay. So actually, yeah. when Santana said uh, a traffic cone, I said, "Oh, you could wear it on your head as a hat." So it was kind of close.
0: Yeah. We can combined... share that
2: point, Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> I think you so. can.
0: You can share that point for sure. <laughs> Combined effort, group, group effort. Yay. <laughs> and then the last question, actually, Morgan, you sort of talked a little bit about this earlier. Do you want to answer it or let Santana answer this one? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to cleanse and charge something?
1: Cleanse and charge something? Hmm. To me, that kind of sounds like when you're preparing yourself for a ritual or maybe like a reading or something to kind of like cleanse yourself, and bring in new energy to your body? That would be my like, honest answer. Uh, My dumb answer would be like, what I do before I go to a grinder date, but um, (laughs) (laughs) cleanse and recharge, am I right ladies? (laughs) If I'm gonna sound a little bit educational, I also have a degree, it's in makeup or whatever. I would actually say, yeah, cleanse and recharge. Is it just the energy that you put yourself into when you are doing a ritual or something? That's what I would say. But Morgan, how does it feel to be both pretty and smart? Can you come up with a better answer? (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) I mean, I just live with this reality every day. I don't know. It feels normal now.
1: (laughs) It's a blessing and a curse. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, I know I've cleansed and charged crystals in my very uneducated way. I mean, cleansing, like literally, you can literally wash them with water, right? Yes. And release the energy that's held within them and then... Charging crystals under the light of the full moon to re, yeah, repower them to use later for, yeah, I don't really know, but I tried it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you <laughs> both have very good answers. I will give you both a point for that. Very well done.
1: Feel <laughs> like I'm so, losing this game.
0: I've kind of not really, honestly, kept track of the points of what people have. So Morgan is winning.
2: You, you, I mean, you both win. I wasn't keeping track either, but.
0: <laughs> so when we cleanse and charge something, whether it's ourselves or an object, you both have the right answer. To cleanse and charge, this is a foundation skill for any witch. Every witch should know how to do this. By cleansing and charging, we are removing unwanted energy from ourselves, our ritual space, the tools we are using, and we want to charge them with positive energy. So You can cleanse and charge your space and yourself and your objects as often as you want. Some people do this every day. Mm -hmm. Some people do this only at the beginning of a ritual. When I give a tower reading, for example, I smudge my space. I cleanse myself and I cleanse my cards before every reading. When I'm finished with my client, I cleanse my cards again. When I'm doing ritual, it's the same thing. I will smudge my altar. I smudge the tools that I'm using. I smudge myself. I smudge my space. If I buy something new that I bring into my house that I will be using for spellcraft or ritual, I will cleanse it and charge it on my altar overnight. And Morgan, as you said, there are different ways to cleanse and charge. You can use the element of air, which would be incense, smoke, fire, So some people hold objects over the flame, but of course, safety first witches, I say it all the time, (laughs) don't set your flat on fire. If you're not sure about putting it over a flame, don't do it. Only
1: you can prevent forest fires.
0: Yes. (laughs) We can use water to cleanse and charge also. One thing though, I would just say, Morgan, for you, just a tiny tip that if you are using water, Just make sure that the crystals that you're cleansing are water safe. safe, Yeah. Right. right. I remember. Because some of them will actually disintegrate. Yeah. We can also use earth, which would be salt or even other crystals. So, Morgan, if you have a clear quartz crystal, you can use that crystal to cleanse all of the other ones because this one actually is self cleansing. You don't need Mm. to do anything to it. Oh, great. Yeah. And then also, like you said, the moon. You can also use the sun, but again, with the sun, just make sure that whatever you're charging isn't going to be damaged by the sunlight. (laughs) And you can also use sound. There's actually a really fun winter cleansing spell that I like to do sometimes. You chase the fairies away. So anybody who believes in fairy folk, you can take a bell and you can go through your apartment ringing the bell and the sound of the bell will actually scare the fairies away.
1: I was gonna say that sounded very homophobic, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, that's what yeah. I do. I was like, hey, go home, go home, <laughs> <laughs> I want
0: Perfect. To See, you me. learned something. Cool.
1: <laughs> but can I ask so a that- question about the cleansing and um and when you forget to do it sometimes? Do you notice a huge difference between mm-hmm. the sessions you have?
0: That's a good question. It's not necessarily that I notice something external, but there is an uneasiness within myself. I feel this anxiousness or tension in my stomach. Okay. It's hard to explain, but I just feel this uneasiness within myself that I've missed a step. However, I often say witchery and tarot is intuitive. So listen to what your body is telling you. If I quote unquote miss a step in ritual, for example, cleansing something, There is no, you missed your chance, it's too late, now everything is going to shit. I don't believe that. I just finish what I'm doing. I take my incense smoke. And incense smoke is the go-to cleansing tool. It's easy, it's fast, there's no mess, it doesn't take a lot of time. I just take out my incense and I cleanse the object or I cleanse myself or whatever it is that I need to do and then i continue. so yep. i think a lot of people get wrapped up and afraid of things like this like oh no i missed a step oh everything is going to be bad now it's not that because it's all intention and intuition if you feel like you need to go back and do something or repeat a step just do it. cool. good question.
2: Thank you. so
0: that was my last question.
2: really put us to yeah.
0: <laughs> how do you feel after i just interrogated you with all of these questions?
2: well i feel I feel great.
1: <laughs> I feel like I didn't win anything, but I had a lot of
2: fun. Yeah.
1: How do you feel, Morgan?
2: Yeah, I, f- I actually feel like I feel the same, but also that I haven't used my brain <laughs> that hard for a lo- for a long time, which is kind of <laughs> sad.
0: Okay. First of all, you both win, so congratulations. Hooray. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and I have a prize for you. <gasps> Who wants the? the prize? The bells? To Are
1: you gonna ring the bells enough to get the prize away? <laughs>
0: to ring the bells and wish the fairies away
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god who would like to go first i can go first
0: okay what's your birthday
1: oh my birthday is on the 21st of february 1994 1994. i'm a week (laughs) older than justin bieber
0: oh my gosh i'm not even going to tell you what i was doing in 1994 but (laughs) it wasn't being born
1: (laughs) 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 it was broomsticks and powders all
0: (laughs) Okay. So what I've done is I've taken your birthday and I've added all of the numbers together and that comes to 28, but I will add that together again to get the number 10. So this was numerology. 10 in the major arcana is the wheel of fortune. And this is your spirit card, which is your personal card from the moment you were born until the moment you shuffle off of this mortal coil. Wow. Okay. This is something that you may not feel connected to yet. It could be something that you're growing into. So I will explain to you what the Wheel of Fortune is. So the Wheel of Fortune card in the Major Arcana is about fate, destiny, change, and a turning point. The Wheel of Fortune shows that everything is intertwined and everything is connected. You might not be able to untangle the events or understand them or control them. But the idea with the Wheel of Fortune is you have to trust in the turning of the wheel that these changes are fate. What goes up must come down. But one thing you need to know is that you aren't entirely powerless to these forces. So you have the opportunity and the chance to take direction in the way that you want What you need to know is with the wheel of fortune and with change and with destiny, whatever happens, you just have to realize that you're getting closer to your life purpose. If this is your spirit card, you need to go with the flow a little bit. I know you, you seem like a pretty chill, relaxed, go with the flow kind of guy. So (laughs) 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 the wheel of fortune card for your spirit card makes sense to me because You seem to just let things go as they are and you accept them as they are. But if you don't identify with this card right now, then I would say try to find a way to tap into the energy of the Wheel of Fortune and realize that you have to let things kind of happen as they are. The Wheel of Fortune is a positive card. It's a good card. You will have fortune bestowed to you, but it's not so easy as that. Sometimes people think, ooh, the Wheel of Fortune, okay. Maybe they think of the game show, but it's actually not (laughs) about the game show. As much as the fates are going to give to you what you deserve, you still have to put in the work and the effort. So this isn't a card about sitting back and letting everything happen. This is a card about taking those energies, but also defining your own fate and your own destiny. Okay. What do you think about cool. that?
1: I think that sounds cool. I mean, it's very much as you say, like it plays in very well to who I am as a person normally, like with everything happening around me, I have an easier time accepting it and just be like standoffish in a way, which also is kind of like to my detriment as well, because <laughs> if I see something happen, I'm like, oh no, that sucks. And I just move on <laughs> instead of changing it. Right. And, but it's very uplifting to hear that actually. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I think the key point with the Wheel of Fortune, what I really love is you might not be able to untangle the events or understand them or control them, but that's okay. You don't need to try to control Mm -hmm. them. You can just sit back and trust the system. Right. Actually, don't trust the system because the system is fucked. But you can (laughs) trust
1: the system. (laughs)
0: But but you can trust the process at work. That's a better word to use. I don't like Mm -hmm. this word system. You have to trust the process. That's the
2: process. Yeah. Nice.
0: Morgan, what is mm-hmm. your birthday, please?
2: I'm also a February baby, 10th of February. And oh, the year? 1996. Okay, so I'm just going to do a
0: quick calculation.
2: So are you Aquarius, Santana? I am Pisces. Pisces, right, yeah. I believe, yeah. And so we start on like you, are you? I'm Aquarius, yeah. I get Pisces. Aquarius. It comes right Ooh, after.
1: Right. Do you like to cry
2: a lot? <laughs> I mean, actually, yes, but that's because I have a Pisces moon, not because I'm an Aquarius sun. <laughs> I believe I have, I don't know if it's true, but I
1: believe I have, like, Gemini and Moon, which is a very funny combination for Pisces and Gemini. There's kind of polar opposites I heard.
2: Yeah, because is very, like, mental energy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is not more. <laughs> <historical> <laughs> this <interesting>. is our, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> we're taking over.
0: You are my guests. You can <laughs> talk freely amongst yourselves. I have calculated your birthday, Morgan, mm-hmm. and it adds to 27, which then oh. becomes 9. The reason why I turned 28 and 27 into smaller numbers is because Mm. there are only, well, there's 22 cards in the Major Arcana, but it actually only goes up to 21 because the first card is zero. So this is why I had to get the Mm. number smaller. I love your card. (laughs) Your card is the Hermit. Oh. (laughs) And the Hermit is, and this is funny because... Going back to this idea of hard cards and misunderstandings of what cards are is Mm -hmm. often people get the Hermit and they think, oh no, I'm the Hermit. But the Hermit is actually such a beautiful card because really it's about self-reflection and introspection, Mm -hmm. meditating, finding solitude. And the Hermit lets you know that through meditating and being introspective and having self-reflection that you can practice true authenticity. The deck that I use, The Wild Unknown, there's a tortoise with a lantern on its back that's the
2: picture for the hermit you mean
0: yeah the deck that i use it has Mm -hmm. it has a tortoise on it with a lantern on its back and it's sitting in the dark and it looks a little bit like it's going into its shell so Mm -hmm. it's taking time to contemplate everything before embarking on a path finding time to quiet yourself quiet Mm -hmm. your mind listen to your inner voice because it's always right And the lantern on its back is a symbol of keeping your inner fire lit. So you have this fire, use it, but you don't have to be shining bright all the time. I like lanterns because you can always make the flame high, you can make the Mm. flame low. So taking time for yourself, maybe you need to find an external mentor, because the hermit, of course, is also, when you think of the Rider-Waite deck, there is a man holding a lantern.
2: I have the image in my mind now you say that.
0: Yeah, they have gone on a journey. They have experienced either you are the hermit and you have this knowledge and this wisdom and that you should share it with people that you want to share and give freely the wisdom that you have. Mm -hmm. But it could also be that you need to bring somebody else into your life to kind of help be this mentor for you and to remember the best are those who guide you closer to your own truth. So how can you Mm. use the energy of the hermit to bring yourself closer to your own truth? How can you still your mind? How can you find quietness? I would say that you are a very self-reflected person or you are going to be a very self-reflected person (laughs) that you're in the process of learning through meditation to be introspective and to go deep into yourself, to work on all aspects of yourself. You know, we talked about this before too, our shadow side. Or doing shadow work and accepting the good, the bad, the ugly, everything about ourselves, and confronting it and accepting it and not shunning any of it. Do you identify with the hermit?
2: Yeah. Now you describe it like that, that totally makes sense. I was thinking specifically also. It's about how I feel like I've. I mean, I don't. I don't love the current world situation we live in, but I've, I'm kind yeah. of thriving in a lot of ways, especially with like doing my drag. I feel yeah. like being able to do drag online and still interact with people but not actually have to see them yeah (laughs) i really like that (laughs) right the hermit yeah
0: yeah the hermit drag queen
2: (laughs) (laughs) totally that's really nice thank you that's um yeah
0: you're welcome
2: meditation is something i've taken up yeah really in the last two years it's quite recent so that's that definitely resonates with me thanks Um, you're welcome thank you (laughs)
0: So I would wrap up the show now. This was a lot of fun for me and sorry to put you on the spot with these questions, but I think you both did a really great job and I'm just grateful and humbled that you would join me today and take the time to share your thoughts and share a little bit about yourselves. So thank you so much.
1: This has been great. Uh, Thank you for coming to my show. (laughs) (laughs) Avina, you are a real trooper, actually. I really love talking to you about this stuff cool i'm glad you have a really good speaking voice for it too this is actually what's really funny even when i watch sometimes your live streams that you're doing which yeah if you if you want to include this hey plug your instagram because those live readings you are doing are so soothing and nice i think i told you this before even me who's not super spiritual or like into witchery it's just nice to have it in my apartment and just the moments when you go breathe in breathe out everything's fine you're lighting incense it's really really nice
0: Especially you. during lockdown
1: times, it's a real treat for everybody. So, everybody should go follow Davina on Instagram and show her love and support. Hey, you know what? We are just two women trying to make it in a business, which yeah. is show business. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying all of that. That means a lot to me to hear to get the feedback like that, especially because. Coming into my own voice and accepting my voice for the way that it sounds was really difficult for me because I always felt like I sounded like a high-pitched Minnie Mouse frog. And then when I started singing in this band almost two years ago now, that was a big change for me. And so starting the podcast and doing the live rituals on Instagram this was really difficult for me and I find it still a challenge. And I think that's why doing a podcast is actually better for me because I'm still a little bit camera shy, to be honest. I forced myself to do it, but I actually prefer to be behind the camera. So doing a podcast made a lot of sense to me and I get a lot of positive feedback from people about my voice being very soothing and some people say they listen to my podcast only in the evenings because they can lie in bed and it's like listening to something that they can fall asleep to and I thought okay is it because I'm boring or is it because (laughs) my (laughs) face oh yeah no you're doing a great job
1: with it
0: thank you thank you so much
2: yeah thank you yeah you did a great job it was really nice to be in a space and be silly like I would be on stage, but in a totally different context. Like that was really fun. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. So how can my listeners find you both?
2: Yeah. Instagram, Morganwood Callisto, TikTok, also YouTube. Recently, I got enough subscribers that I can have a customized URL. So I'm on youtube.com Woo! slash Morganwood86. And then on Patreon, at just Morganwood. Nice. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Just.
1: You should go follow Morgan. She does really good astrology readings. It's very, very nice to see. I love them. <laughs> and Thanks. you can also follow me on Instagram is Santana Sex Machine. You can follow me on TikTok, uh, which is Santana Sex Machine with a T H because I couldn't be named Sex Machine for some reason. <laughs> so I do it as a list. But Santana Sex Machine. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then just like, hopefully the bars can open up soon so we can go and perform and yeah, really. you know, watch me and Morgan tear the stages up in
2: Berlin. Yeah. I mean, I think this summer, there's definitely going to be some outdoor drag performances that will have to happen. We will make it happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I will leave links to all of the ways that we can find Morgan and Santana in the show notes and anything that we've talked about. I will leave links in the show notes for these things. Thank you for letting us know how we can find you. Hey,
1: you're welcome. Yeah.
0: So then I would wish you both a very lovely day. And I look forward to seeing more of your personalities on Instagram or TikTok <laughs> or YouTube or wherever you are.
2: She's got to hustle. Well, we all got to <laughs> do
1: it one way or another. Got to work.
0: I just wanted to go back to two topics that were discussed in the podcast today. One was about witches being the first brewers of beer and the second was about moving diosyl and widershins in the southern hemisphere. Both topics I researched and confirmed to be true so if you want more information about them I've left links in the show notes. Dear listeners, thank you for joining me today. This podcast would not be possible without your support, so I thank you. Members of my Patreon coven have access to all sorts of magical goodies and assistance throughout the year. You can subscribe for as little as €5 per month. The top tier is the Coven Supreme, priced at €30 per month. You will get sigil magic, tips and tricks, a weekly tarot card a monthly message from Taro, a 20-minute consultation with me, my three-card reading called Total Lunar Eclipse, which is valued at 35 euros, access to the online coven community I have created for all of you lovely witches, as well as an 18% discount off any booking or workshop with me at any time. I look forward to meeting you there. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today and want to help keep me on the air, please take some time to leave five stars and a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Another thing that would be so lovely is if you would share my podcast on social media. All of this will make such a huge difference and it will help others who need and want this kind of witchy content to find me. Thank you for your constant and loving support. Stay sacred.